Well, good morning and welcome to the MetLife podcast series. My name is Noel Lord and our guest today has over 30 years experience in financial services. He's held a wide variety of board positions, including Chairman of Australian, Canadian, Singapore and Chinese investment and advice businesses. He's previously held senior roles such as CEO of Investments for Tower Australia, Managing Director AMP Consultancy and Group Managing Director of Centrepoint Wealth and is currently the CEO of Eastern Wealth. I'd like to welcome Graham Evans to the MetLife Podcast. Welcome, Graham. Thanks, Noel. Great to be here. And Graham, it's no doubt challenging times that our industry has, uh, has seen over the last number of months and prior to that because change is constant in our industry. And I'm sure your 30 years of experience in our industry plus will tell us that. But I'd like to just start with a little bit of a background on how you got into our industry. Well, actually, it was a rather unusual way of getting into the industry. Noel, having been in for so long, uh, it just so happened that person I knew uh, was actually working at National Mutual, uh, which is the old version of AXA for those people who, uh, who are not familiar with that name. And uh, I'd left school um, at the tender age of 15. Um, at that stage, my mother had, um, was actually a single mother and um, doing three jobs. And I left school at the, at the year, end of year 10 or year four, it was in those days, uh, and did, having done my school certificate, someone saw there was a job for me, a job at uh, National Mutual, and I started out there. From from uh, small starts and small steps, great things happen, and you've had a tremendous career, Graham, and um, you're now currently the CEO of Eastern Wealth. Tell us a little bit about Eastern Wealth. Well, Eastern Wealth is um, a, a business which actually focuses both on the accounting profession and the advice profession um, uh, as they are moving towards some some form of convergence. Eastern Wealth is a combination of uh, two licences, uh, one which is GPS Wealth, uh, which started in 2012 uh, by uh, two guys, Greg Holman and Rob McGregor, um, who are quite well known in the industry, uh, and a business called Merit Wealth, which was started by a gentleman by Greg, by the name of Greg Hayes, who is um, a, a preeminent um, person in the accounting profession. Now, uh, those businesses came together uh, in around 2017 to form Eastern Wealth, um, and uh, there is um, about um, about 180 full licensees in that uh, advisors in that uh, uh, group of licenses, and uh, another 400 in the limited authority space. Uh, because we work um, both in the full advice space and the accountancy space, uh, we do have a fair few accountants who now have uh, uh, limited authorizations to deal uh, purely in the SNSF area, uh, and uh, it's part of an, a listed Australian company, um, Eastern Investments Limited. Of a microcap, uh, which also has on the other side of it a range of businesses, a business called Knowledge Shop, which provides um, uh, training and education, um, particularly specialist uh, training and education, such as tax, structuring and so on, for the accounting profession. So it's quite a diverse business and, and no doubt the size of the business in dealing with potentially over you know 500 other business people within your network. Uh, has been somewhat of a challenge in in dealing with what we've had with COVID-19. And how have you adjusted the Eastern Wealth business uh, to adapt to the current situation? Well, one of the early steps we took uh, as a business, Noel, was to um, make sure that we communicated um, very regularly. Uh, we established a series called Ground Control, um, which uh, that series was a way of communicating with 
those advisors and accountants, as well as their clients, about uh, what was actually going on, trying to uh, give them an understanding of what we saw as a business uh, and what we saw from the uh, economic perspective and also from an uh, emotive and human perspective, what was actually uh, what's actually going on. So we, we communicated virtually from day one and made sure those communications were not only suitable to the advisors and accountants, but it was something that they could actually pass on to their clients to actually actually do that. We also um, made sure that we um, had a strong definition of what was actually important at that uh, that time to um, to uh, deal with those accountants and advisors. Uh, we put together a leadership uh, process uh, that um, focused on identifying uh, different types of people that we were dealing with, um, the, the nurse the Nellies, the, um, the silent warriors, um, the bulls of the gate, those guys who want to go out and put a lot more money into the market, the types of people, so that we could then have the accountants and the advisors actually address them in an appropriate way rather than just going a broad approach to everybody because uh, certainly as many people would have found out over the last couple of months, uh, it uh, was necessary to deal with different people differently, and uh, we put that program uh, program into in the play. Yeah, I think that's a great overview, Graham, because the feedback to date in some of our other podcasts has been communication has been the key to not only remaining relevant to clients, but to uh, your advisors and also centres of influence. And I love the uh, analogy of the nervous Nellies and silent warriors and bulls at a gate because. One of the things that we know is communication needs to be tailored. And I think that's a really clear message that's coming through at this time. Tailor our communications and, and we'll get greater cut through. What advice would you give to your colleagues across the industry uh, right now? Well, no, it's it's interesting. This is this is different. Um, uh, you talk about me being in the industry for over 30, but it's just uh, over 40, as a matter of fact. And I've been through... Uh, every every major uh, event uh, in um, since the advice community. So financial planning started really around about uh, the beginning of the 80s. So it's only been around for a very short period of time. And uh, through that time, we had the 87 crash. And, um, and that was then followed pretty quickly by a variety of things that were impacted, such as the um, unlisted property trust um, um, uh, crash in in sort of 90, uh, capital guarantee downturn we had in 91. There were a number of things, and we had the recession we had to have at that time as well in 91. Um, And in fact, that actually made the industry. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether people realise, but the last time we were in recession in 91, uh, I was explaining to a number of my um, family the other other day the the I was so busy we we were so busy actually doing seminars um, and um, and presentations to organisations particularly where there were redundancies and restructures and how it, did, it actually created the industry after the eighty seven crash and decimated it a fair bit and um, one of the things that we do know is that um, these things move in cycle and so therefore you need to. Uh, uh, adapt your business to actually do it. It's, it's no use, you know, being uh, bullish and um, 
and um, I'm putting bravado up to say, yes, we will get through these things. If things get tougher, you do need to make decisions quickly and you do need to make decisions decisively to make sure that your business is still relevant as it goes through any sort of uh, any sort of downturn. So no use to the clients, uh, you being full of bravado and then going broke the next week. Um, many businesses actually not only support their own family, but they support the families of their staff. And so you've got the stakeholders in the clients, you've got the stakeholders in the families of your your staff, and you need to therefore be conscious about when you need to make decisions to actually change your business to ensure continuity of those of business. But as I say to people, we we get through these things. Uh, there are education um, for those of us who are around in '87 and '91. We we go back to people and say we were here when this happened. Um, I was talking to my middle daughter who's working in London at the moment, and it's very difficult in London over there. Um, and I, I said to her, you, you look back at this. Lauren, um, and say, I was around um, when COVID-19 happened. But we've, we've got to make sure that we think about our businesses and think about the stakeholders we've got and uh, and make sure that we're making the decisions, the right decisions, not necessarily decisions which actually are there because um, we think we need to have a bit of bravado about how good things are and how, uh, how, uh, how we're going to get through. I think there's some really valid points there about being very decisive and, and remaining relevant throughout the, the, the cycle that your business is, is touching from clients to the staff and then the families and thereon. It's an interesting concept, Graham, around the, the number of touch points that advisors have that sometimes aren't necessarily seen other than the people they're seeing face-to-face. How have you adjusted with your staff, for example, in their uh, change in working habits over the last few months. Look, it's it's um it's been an interesting um uh, process. I got to say, Noel. Um, as as always, there um um people who get down and get it done, and there there are also times when people are they they need to actually um be um uh, their hand held a little bit. So we've identified those who are who are self starters and, and can get things done, and then we have also identified people who do need their hand held to help them with uh, with actually setting that. But we've also tried to make it a little bit fun as well, and I'm sure and you've seen plenty of examples of this. We've had competitions where people were required to take a photo of their their home office, and we were to guess whose office it was. And there was a lot of um, a lot of things done to mislead people away from those. <laughs> um, we've had yep. competitions around who said things, um, and uh, being an old person um, uh, <laughs> as I am, uh, I had some old uh, old expressions like uh, "you dirty rat." Um, people uh, who said that, you know, and, and uh, it's a long time since we saw black and white movies and James Cagney, but uh, we finally found somebody after a couple of days who could actually answer that question. Um, but we've, we've run little competitions and um, we keep people interested uh, through that process. And uh, on a Friday afternoon, um, like we might do in the office, um, when it closes down, we might have a glass of wine or we have the virtual glass of wine and and chat yeah. about things. So um, it's it's been necessary to try and keep uh, it a little real, uh, but also from a business perspective, understanding that not everybody works the same way, and therefore just recognise who the, who needs their hand a little bit, and actually uh, who's a self starter. Yeah, I, I think that's a really important point you make, Graham. That we, as business leaders, you've had to adapt to get the best out of your people, and also the the if you like the mental mindset awareness of 
that people react to situations in different ways. I love the idea of the competition of who said what. And, you know, we uh, at MetLife, we've had funny hat days and, you know, different sort of things to some of our WebEx meetings just to lighten it up, as you said, which I think is really important. Moving forward as we go through COVID-19 and then beyond, and we've still got face here and other things that our industry is facing, where are you focusing your business in the next 30, 60, 90 days? Over the next 30 days, I think more more communication, but it's actually we're changing and we're slowly slowly moving away from um, what the um, what COVID-19 has been about more to about starting to look at the future of um, um, how things, how people will be impacted and how we may deal with those. Uh, so trying to paint pictures for clients um, as well as for our advisors and accountants about what, what the world might look like um, uh, going forward. So very, very important. I've also had my um, senior team um, look a little bit more at, at what the structure of the business might uh, look like. Uh, will, we do, will we be doing more working from home? What type of of, um, technology did we find that we were missing or needed during um, during COVID-19? What are the things that we're actually learning um, 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 and have learned through this process that we can now make our businesses more effective, more efficient, um, uh, delivering, delivering a better outcome for, uh, for our clients? And our staff in that process as well. You know, I've been not a great fan of working from home uh, over the years. I think the social need of um, of staff to interact and to, to have um, some communication with them, with each other, is an important part of the emotional side of being in, uh, in employed. Uh, we will be, however, looking to see okay, where can we use a little more working from home um, and where we can't, and. Um, and on the way back out, I suppose the other part when I get out to, to, to 60 and 90 days is now looking um, more at uh, how we've delivered services to clients in the past and how they may want them delivered, considering what we've been doing um, as a matter of necessity during COVID-19 uh, and being able to actually communicate to clients now and say, well, okay, we've been through this process in the future. How would you like us to deal with you? you know, what, what do you want from us? And I think uh, um, whilst it's fresh in their minds and it's fresh in our minds. We really need to think about um, how we uh, communicate with the clients, particularly in the way that they wish to be communicated and what levels of service they like, again, um, which will, will probably set us up for uh, for many years to come. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Graham, that you make that whilst social interaction is important to people's mindsets and, and the way we operate, challenging the status quo to remain effective and efficient for our clients. And I love the fact that wanting to continue the Eastern Wealth uh, Solutions by involving your, your, uh, your offering around what the clients want. So the learnings out of this, uh, this what's been a difficult period is that the lights are still on, the business is going well, the industry's got a really strong proposition for clients in the marketplace. And as long as we can be adaptive in our approach and our attitude determines our direction, we can come through this better businesses at the at, at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I think, that, as I said, over those 40 years, that's something um, I have learned is that... Um, Make sure you do understand what's going on. You do learn from it and uh, recalibrate your business uh, to benefit from those learnings. That's a great way to uh, to sum it up, and I really appreciate your time. I've only got one other question, and I think it's an interesting one to pose. If you had your time again, is there anything you'd do differently? Anything I'd do differently? Look, I, I suppose um, I'm, I'm a great one in in uh, great believer in. 
um, when when you communicate, uh, don't behind hide behind an anonymous um, uh, situation, but communicate when you have something to actually say. I've been probably involved with um, with uh, some of the change that's gone on in the industry, uh, but um, I would think that um, uh, over the years I would have liked to have been more heavily involved. In, uh, in in lobbying with both government and uh, the regulator to ensure that um, a process of change was actually um, evolution, not revolution. And I suppose you know that was the uh, that, that was a challenge. In, in 2008, uh, when uh, we we were asked to put submissions into uh, the Ripoll inquiry, there was no support for the advice industry from uh, many of the the major players at that time, um, I'm talking about the major providers at that time, and um, it was a, a difficult one. I would have liked to have tried to bring together more of the licensees and to think logically about what an evolution looked like rather than a revolution. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good point. And, Graham, we thank you very much for your time. You, you are an industry icon. You've been a significant contributor to not only the Eastern Wealth, but every business you've worked in and certainly a great supporter of the product providers, MetLife and, and others across this industry where you've been supportive of us and giving us insights to how to better work with your businesses. So we really appreciate your time this morning and we wish you all the best for the future. Thanks, Noel, and um, you're most welcome. You've been listening to the MetLife Podcast. To find out how you can partner with us, please visit metlife.com.au. This podcast has been prepared by MetLife Insurance Limited and intended for advisor and internal use only and should not be provided to clients or attributed to MetLife in any advice provided. This material is intended to provide general information only and has been prepared without taking into account any particular person's objectives, financial situation or needs. Any general information contained within or given during this podcast is not intended to be investment or financial advice, nor a recommendation to invest in a financial product or undertake any particular strategy or course. In accessing this podcast, you agree to MetLife's podcast disclaimer terms found at metlife.com.au.